Welcome to Digging Deeper in Grace, a ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Cedarville, Ohio. Our goal each episode is to dig deeper into the scriptures with a focus on our most recent sermon. And now let's dig deeper. Welcome to Digging Deeper in Grace. This is Jeff Burr, pastor of discipleship here at Grace Baptist Church. Your normal host, Bart Sheridan, is uh, getting some much-deserved time off. I would also mention that he's going to be in Mexico serving alongside of Kevin Riley uh, the beginning of November and would encourage you to be in prayer for him. Our topic today is the growing shortage of pastors. Uh, The average age of pastors uh, in America is 57. 25% of pastors are of retirement age. And the question is, who is going to replace them in ministry? Uh, We recently hosted the Ohio Association of Regular Baptist Church uh, annual conference, and Chuck Pawsley uh, spoke to it anecdotally, just pointing out that there is a, a lack of resumes that he is able to extend to churches who are looking for pastors. Uh, the, the job of, uh, of, of the pastor has been characterized as being high stress and low pay, and some are not willing to embrace uh, all of the, the, the challenges that come with pastoral ministry. MDiv enrollment in seminaries has been in decline since 2013. And this is not something that's just being cited uh, in uh, Christian journals, but in the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post. And it's only been uh, exacerbated by COVID and all of the challenges that flowed out of that season of ministry. Uh, It seems to me that the problem isn't somewhere in the Bible college or the seminary. It's not that they're not producing enough pastors. The problem is that churches are not raising up pastors. And so we want to bring this to the forefront here at Grace. Uh, Pastoring is not any more important than other vocations, but the church has a particular interest in identifying uh, pastors. So my guests today uh, are Cam Sardano, our pastoral resident here at Grace, and Chris Heil, our pastoral intern. Uh, these are really sharp, intelligent, entrepreneurial young men who could be pursuing a number of different vocational pursuits, and they are pursuing pastoral ministry. And I want you to be able to hear a bit of their stories uh, today. So I'm going to ask you, gentlemen, to tell me a little bit about your pastor growing up and the impact that he had on your life. Again, with the thought that somewhere along the line, you were um, influenced to pursue ministry based on those who uh, were, were pastoring you. So uh, Cam, let's start with you. Yeah, I think that's a a good question for me to recall. Uh, when I was in high school is when I came to faith in Christ. Uh, so in many ways, uh, the pastors in my life who had a significant impact really starts then because that's really when I uh, started to be shepherded and to desire the oversight of a pastor. And that would be uh, primarily my youth pastor. His name was uh, Pastor Pete DeAngelis. And he uh, just had a very significant impact uh, on mentoring me, 
uh, early on in my walk with Christ. And I just remember uh, on a weekly basis meeting with him in his office. And we mm. went through, uh, I remember J.C. Ryle's uh, Thoughts for Young Men, um, which is a book on, uh, as a young man, seriously pursuing Christ. But I also remember uh, at that time in my life uh, sharing with him uh, that I used to listen to a radio program with a pastor, actually Pastor David Jeremiah. And I just remember I really was impacted by that program. And I remember sharing, maybe I'll do something like that one day. Mm. And I I think he actually gave me a book on preaching, potentially. I I don't think I read it (laughs) uh, at that point, but at least he gave it to me. Um, but from that relationship, I, I just remember for the first time in my life, really, uh, sensing the impact of a, of a pastor directly on my own life and the ways that he walked with me and helped me to walk with Jesus, uh, taught me God's word. Mm -hmm. And then I remember lastly, especially, uh, my senior year of high school that summer, we went on a missions trip. And uh, there was just several things that happened on that trip and some kind of team dynamics that uh, brought out some some hard things. And, and I remember I personally just had the opportunity to kind of invest in some people on that trip who were hurting or who were confused. And I remember my pastor, I believe, identified. He's like, hey, you're a shepherd. Like, I I just want you to know that. And I had never, I don't think, heard anyone point that out to me. Um, and that was just a really impactful thing that later on, uh, when, uh, my own kind of aspiration to ministry fully developed, I look back on as a significant moment. So not just one pastor, but a few that were playing that role in your life. Chris, your story is a bit different. There's a couple other wrinkles there. When I ask you about your pastor growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was born and raised, uh, in a Christian family where my pastor growing up was my own dad. And so it is a just a, a different dynamic, um, but at the same time, I had a, a, a great experience as a pastor's kid, and mm. I think that that role can carry a lot of baggage for some people. Um, I I was fortunate enough to have a a father who balanced ministry life and home life with extreme skill. Um, and was able to, to care for us as a family while also shepherding a church. And I, and I always admired him for that. Mm. And so I even remember uh, in second grade for career day at my elementary school, we had to present on what we wanted to be when we grew up. And I remember bringing my dad's uh, Bible and seminary textbooks and wearing khakis and a button-up shirt and presenting to the class saying, when I grow up, I want to be a pastor. And I had this plan that basically just followed my dad's career path of studying the Bible at Cedarville, going to seminary, and then pursuing pastoral ministry. And so in that sense, there was always some sort of an aspiration, even as a, as a, a boy growing up, to uh, pursue pastoral ministry. But as I got older... Um, Again, that dynamic of having your dad as your pastor uh, and just my own immaturity in the faith, uh, just through a lot of spiritual apathy and lethargy, just kind of drifted away from that aspiration. And so there were a couple other key pastors in my life uh, towards later in high school and then early in college. And that one of them was uh, Pat Cook, and he uh, came to 
the my home church growing up and became the youth pastor and he just really took me in and discipled me and also provided a platform for me and some of the other uh upperclassmen in the youth group to kind of step into leadership roles Mm -hmm. and so there's a lot more that could be said about my journey and it still wasn't another four years from then that I decided to pursue vocational ministry. Uh, but those are some of my impacts growing up. Uh, humbling for me as a pastor to hear you guys talk too, because we think about sort of the macro level of leading a church and we maybe don't often think about the, the people that are looking to us, maybe emulating us, maybe uh, wondering if maybe they have what it takes to, to be a pastor and just sort of that modeling that uh, is part, at least part of what you both have described. Yeah. Uh, I want to also ask you, we'll, we'll go back to you here, Cam. How have you come to think about gospel ministry as it relates to other vocations? I'm assuming that maybe there were some other options, some other things that you maybe were thinking about. How, what, what, what tipped the scales for you? Yeah, that's that's a great question. So I mentioned uh, my senior of high school, my pastor had kind of pointed out for the first time that he saw kind of a shepherd's heart in me. And then after that, I went to Word of Life Bible Institute, but I didn't go there because I felt called to ministry, but because I wanted to, to gr- just grow in my faith. I actually was planning to, to go to an engineering school in Boston after that. I had actually been accepted to that school and deferred my enrollment so I could go to Word of Life. But while I was at Word of Life growing in my faith um, and just being involved in a lot of ministry opportunity there, my desire to be an engineer just totally dissipated. And I was kind of at this moment of crisis where I had no idea what I should do next. And I didn't feel called to ministry at at that point in time. I I wouldn't have said that. Um, But I remember having a conversation with someone and they just challenged me and said, if you could wake up every day for the rest of your life doing something, what would it be? And my immediate, re- my immediate response was to, to every day get up and do ministry, to disciple people, to teach scripture. And they said, well, why don't you do that? And I was like, I, I don't have a good answer. <laughs> um, so because of that, I went to my second year at Word of Life. And, and these two things really combined to kind of couch my own aspiration to vocational ministry in a more deeper way. Uh, understanding of the Great Commission, that as a disciple, I'm not only called to follow Jesus, but to make followers of him. So for me, uh, as that started to become more and more my understanding of the Christian life, disciple making, um, that's when uh, my sophomore year of college, I just started to really discern with other wise counsel in my life, what is the particular way, particular way God has gifted and enabled me to be a disciple maker. And that's where uh, a deep aspiration and burden and confirmation to pursue pastoral ministry came to the fore. And I came to Cedarville to be equipped for that. Amen. Chris, how about you? Yeah, I, I alluded to this earlier, but it really wasn't until my senior year at Cedarville that I uh, sort of decided to not pursue other career paths. And so uh, coming into college, I didn't really have a a clear picture of a dream vocation, um, but I knew a lot of things that I didn't want to do. And so I decided to be a business major (laughs) and uh, studied marketing and finance and enjoyed those things. Um, But a lot of it was just born out of a, just a a lack of clarity Mm -hmm. on kind of my own aspirations. And I had heard 
growing up uh, from my dad and from other pastors, this uh, wisdom of if you can think of, if you're wondering if you want to be a pastor and you can think of anything else that you want to do, go do that and don't pursue vocational ministry. And so I could think of uh, different components of uh, maybe working in banking or marketing or things like that that interested me. Uh, but really some of the things that tipped the scales were the Bible minor classes mm. at Cedarville. Mm. And it was kind of the first time in my life that I began to kind of grow uh, not only in a biblical literacy, but a biblical fluency of like of understanding how these scriptures fit together and having it taught to me in, in such a clear way, just really produced a lot of excitement in me about those things. And then the other thing was involvement in ministry opportunities on campus. And I served as a D group leader one year and then uh, a resident assistant in one of the dorms, which are both just heavy on discipleship and towards my, the end of my time in those roles, I realized the thing that excites me, the things that drive me uh, that I'm passionate about aren't these other vocations or my business classes, but it's, it's discipleship Mm -hmm. and it's uh, doing life with other people and ministering the word to those around me and just growing in grace together. You got to test drive uh, in a certain sense. You got to kind of put some of those aptitudes mm-hmm. and giftings to, to use mm-hmm. and found great affirmation and joy in that. Yeah, I read not too long ago about uh, D. Martin Lloyd-Jones, read a, a two-volume uh, biography. He was a British physician. And he was, I mean, he was a good physician. He was, uh, he was excelling in his field. And he talked about, he, he had a growing sense of weariness that he was helping these people with all of their physical problems. But uh, the, the nagging uh, realization that he wasn't helping them with their, with their greatest problem. Yeah. <laughs> that these things were all symptomatic <laughs> yeah. of a deeper issue. And um, yeah, and for him, that was, that was kind of the epiphany that, um, caused him to shift and pivot into mm-hmm. ministry. And again, it's not to say that a pastoral position is more important than a medical doctor, but um, but I think that type of clarity and worldview um, was was certainly influential for him and helpful to just hear how you guys have processed that. Um, what has the the process? toward ministry looked like for you? Uh, how, do, how do you understand the idea of a call? And um, I, I'll, I'll put on the table one of my own experiences as a, a junior, senior in high school, my, my soccer coach, a strong believer, an area youth pastor uh, had just posed the question to me after, after one of our games. I was getting back on the bus and he just said, hey, Burr, do you, you ever think about ministry? And that that got me thinking in a way that I hadn't before. Um, who are the significant people or the significant conversations that maybe you point to or think about? Cam, we'll go back to you here. Yeah, I mean, I kind of already shared some of those conversations that occurred um, early on uh, in my my first several years of being a believer. I, I think for me... Um, what has been really grounding was especially during my first two years of college. Um, 
the people who saw me doing ministry, who were able to confirm what I didn't even know to articulate, um, which was that I gravitated towards opportunities to shepherd uh, people in their walks with Christ and to help them to understand and apply the gospel to their lives. And I, I wouldn't have been, I was kind of so not aware of myself that I wouldn't really have even known that to be something that I gravitated towards until people just really started to point that out and help me to realize that that's indicative likely of, of really the way that God's wired me to be a disciple maker, which even I guess to the, the first question, like in my mind, like, um, every vocation relates to the work of being and making disciples. The question is not whether or not, but how. So for me, like, uh, when people started to point that out, it wasn't, Oh, I'm supposed to be a disciple maker, but the way in which I'm supposed to be a disciple maker is through shepherding and teaching to the end of equipping the saints for the work of ministry, which is what Ephesians four says is, is one of the main tasks of a pastor shepherd, uh, overseer. So I think for me, just looking back to those significant mentors in my life and, and ministry leaders, um, which has only kind of been uh, even kind of furthered in my membership here at Grace and in our own elders kind of helping clarify and, uh, and build into that own, uh, my, into that path for me. Yeah. So, yeah, Chris, anything you'd add to your, your experience? Yeah, I think... I often wrestled with that. Um, So I think often the way that I conceived of a calling in my mind was this supernatural, like specific moment in time where all of a sudden, okay, now I know uh, that this is the direction God has for me. Uh, But in reality, I think I've just come to understand calling more so as this dual sense of, of aspiration and affirmation in the sense that First of all, there, God has just given me a, a desire for, or an aspiration toward pastoral ministry. And I was even uh, talking with Adam Hammett earlier this week about uh, when Paul and Peter are, are describing the qualifications of elders in First Timothy and First Peter, a key mm-hmm. component of that is a, a desire to shepherd and that uh, you're not leading under compulsion or by obligation, but rather out of a, a desire to, to shepherd and care for the flock. Um, but then there's also the reality that there is a, a certain sense of qualification into this role. And that's where I think uh, the involvement of the church in individuals' lives is just extremely crucial to affirming, uh, recognizing and affirming a desire for pastoral ministry. And so in that sense, I didn't think of, of key ministry leaders in my life who um one of them, when I decided to pursue an MDiv or when I was wondering whether I should get an MDiv or work in, in the finance world, he said, when I think of you, I don't think of a business guy. I think of a pastor, like someone who wants to pursue pastoral ministry. And so moments like that were just extremely crucial. And I think alongside that, the internship at Grace has been another opportunity to participate in ministry roles and sit under the the pastoral care of the elders here and be affirmed by them in my aspiration towards pastoral ministry. Well, thanks, Chris. You guys, you guys kind of brought together. I I had two questions on the table that, um, and I think that brought them together nicely. I mean, the, the one being the aspect of call and then 
the second being kind of who, who moved the needle for you? And, and those aren't unrelated questions. Uh, our call is not just a subjective, um, you know, mystical sort of experience, uh, but it, God uses people uh, and uses the church to um, identify and affirm mm-hmm. these gifts. And so I think that's really helpful. There's probably people you know out there listening or certainly young people in the church that would say, you know I, I didn't have, I haven't had any mm-hmm. any you know warm, fuzzy feelings <laughs> about ministry and so I don't think I'm called. But I think having to develop this really well-rounded, um, understanding of calling is is really helpful. Well, we're signing off here from Growing Deeper in Grace. Thankful for Cam Sardano and Chris Heil, our special guests today, as we talk about a pastoral shortage. Until next time, praying God's blessings on you as you grow deeper in grace. Digging Deeper in Grace is a ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Cedarville, Ohio. Visit us online at gracecedarville.org and join us next time as we continue our discussion. In the meantime, we invite you to continue digging deeper in grace as you read God's Word.